Good morning. Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. I'd like to welcome any guests that we have this morning. Uh, we, we do have a perforated section in our bulletin that there is a side for a welcoming tab. If you can tear that out and fill out any information that you would like to and place it in our offering plate as it's passed around here shortly. Uh, on the other side of that, there is a prayer request form. If you have anything that's weighing heavy on you that you'd like to, that you'd like to share and that we, we can be praying for you about, that you're more than welcome to fill that out and place in the offering plate as well. Uh, the flowers this morning are placed in here in, in honor of Ellen Humphreys for all the work she has done from, uh, from Tetal, Kelsey, and Amanda. So let's worship together in the house of our Lord. join me in the call to worship. It's a responsive reading found in your bulletin. Open your eyes. The bush is burning. God is waiting. We are standing on holy ground. The God of our fathers, our mothers, our sisters, and brothers stands among us, calling us to go and care for the world. God hears the cries of the sick, the hungry, the homeless, the lost, and alone. With God beside us, we will heal the sick, feed the hungry, build homes where there are none, and bring hope to the hopeless. We will tell our story. Yet today the bush is burning. God is waiting. Truly, we are standing on holy ground. Amen. Our hymn is number 619, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, 619. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
invite the children to come forward for a lesson on the steps. Goodness, I am excited. I got all these kids today. This is wonderful. Hey, Wyatt. Hey, Madison. What have you got? Is this going to keep you busy? All right, we'll see. Hi, Will. Hey, Eva. I want to read you a scripture. And it's from Exodus 3. And it's going to be from the sermon today, but I want it to be a little bit different. Verse 12 says, God said, I will be with you. I will give you a sign. It will prove that I have sent you. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, all of you will worship me on this mountain. God's talking to Moses. He wants Moses to do something and Moses is not real sure he needs to do it because he's not sure he can do it. Have you ever had a job you couldn't do? Yeah. What? <laughs> Tell me what your job is that you couldn't do. Um, my dad, uh, uh, I, like. He give you a job in the yard and you couldn't do it? Yeah. Yeah. And you just said, I just can't do it, Dad. I just can't. Yeah. Well, that's what Moses sort of told God. He said, I'm just not sure. 
But you know what God said? You can do it. Yeah. Yes, you can. Sometimes we have those things we just don't think we can do. Sometimes it happens more when school's going on than it does in the summer. But we still have jobs that God asks us to do. And sometimes we're just not sure. So what do we do when we get to that place? Um, we, we do it. We do it, don't we? But do we ask God to help us? Yeah. Yes, we do. We ask God to help us. And that's sort of what Moses did. God wanted him to bring the people out from where they were and go to a land that was safe and where they would not be hurt. <coughs> and he just didn't think he could do it. But God said, yes, you can. Yeah. And I will be with you wherever you go and whatever you do. Because we know that, don't we? Yeah. Yes, we do. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you today for these beautiful little faces the smiles that are on their face, Lord, we know that you put them there. We know that you've given them a family to love them and a church to circle them in love. I ask that you take care of them and their families, protect them and give them what they need. They are your children. Help them know that they can do what they need to do. They just need to trust and believe and walk with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Alan. It is so good to see so many children and so many young faces here this morning, and it's so good to see everyone here this morning. Keith is on vacation, and so I'm uh, here this morning to preach, and we look forward to Jamie Nolan also sharing his testimony here in just a few moments. Uh, before we say a prayer together this morning, uh, the Youth are leaving tomorrow to go to our summer camp. We are going to student life camp in Daytona Beach, Florida. So if there are any of you who would like to come give us a nice send off, we are leaving from the church at 4.30 tomorrow morning. And so we would love to see you and your bright smiling faces at 4.30 in the morning. We are looking forward to taking 17 youth and five adults uh, to camp this next week. Uh, we will be uh, learning about Moses and the story in Exodus um, and under the theme of I Am. And so we very much look forward to our week ahead in Daytona. We appreciate your prayers, your support, and your encouragement as we go to camp. There are several that are scattered around, but if you are going to student life camp with the youth uh, next week, would you just stand where you are just so that we can acknowledge those of us who will be leaving early tomorrow morning? There are a few here. I'm going to say a prayer, so if you all will remain standing, uh, I'm going to say a prayer for our trip to camp next week. Um, we certainly want to remember those that are on our prayer list and others in our hearts and minds as we pray this morning. Um, and I would invite you to join with me as we pray to our Lord here today. God, you have given us this new day, and for that we are grateful. You've given us a church family where we can come in this place freely to worship, where we will hopefully feel welcomed and loved, and we're grateful for that, God. 
Lord, you know the concerns that are weighing in our hearts and in our minds this morning. You know what it is in our hearts that, that holds us back from truly desiring to grow in our relationship with you. You know what it is that holds us back from telling our stories, our full stories. And God, I pray that those things that are, are, are weighing us down, that are burdens in our hearts, I pray that each of us would have the presence of mind and the, the courage and the strength to lift up those concerns and those burdens to you. Lord, you protect us and you care for us and you love us. And we trust our troubles and our struggles in your hands. Lord, we pray now for those of us who are going to camp in Daytona Beach next week. We pray for these students that you would begin even today and tomorrow and in the coming week to stir something up in their hearts that over this next week that you would help them to have a lot of fun, but you would also help them to recognize your presence and your voice. Lord, keep us safe as we travel. Those of us who go as chaperones, would you give us the proper wisdom and vision and guidance that we need to lead? Help us all to grow close with one another and ultimately to grow closer in our relationship with you in the coming week. Lord, we are so grateful for this time that we have together this morning. We pray that you would bless the rest of this service, that everything that we would say and do would be pleasing and honoring to you, that we may build up your kingdom. God, we are grateful to be here today. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah.
this day, Lord, we give you thanks for the opportunity to come to your house to worship. We've been reminded, especially this week, of our freedoms and what they mean to us, and for that we should be grateful and forgive us when we're not as grateful as we should be. As we come to this part of our service, we ask that you bless the gift and the giver. We've been given so much. Let us be mindful that we should always be supportive of your work and give out of our bounty. We ask that these tithes and offerings will go to the furtherment of your kingdom, both near and far. We pray in your name. Amen. Exodus 3, 4 through 12. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. 
Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Why? 
Well, we can go home now. Thank you to Jacob and Mary and Samantha, Barbara, the quartet, Mitch, all of you who led in worship this morning. We are grateful for uh, your leadership today. The last few weeks, we've been discussing how God was at work in the lives of the people in 1st and 2nd Samuel. We've also had the opportunity to hear some of our own church family share their stories with the congregation. Each of the stories that we've heard from Rhonda Hamrick, Daryl Bridges, Mike Davis, and Mary Newcomb are unique, and each of their stories are a part of God's narrative. Thank you to all of you who shared who opened up your lives and let us be a part of it. We are grateful, and we look forward here in a moment to hearing from Jamie as well. Moses' story in the book of Exodus that Samantha read earlier is proof that God uses our individual stories to make up God's greater story, despite our doubt and feelings of inadequacy. God uses our stories to fill God's narrative. Just a brief part of my story, as a kid, I grew up in church. I had a family who loved me and cared for me, and I mostly spent time with good friends and around good people. I never felt like I was allowed to tell my story because I never had this defining moment of rebellion followed by redemption or salvation. I grew up in church, I was a good kid. And so I never felt like that my story had any worth. Despite my lack of excitement in my life, God still used and continues to use my story. Others of you may feel like you can't share your story, but perhaps for some different reasons. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you didn't have a good home life. Maybe you didn't hang out with the right crowd. Maybe you made bad choices. Maybe you feel like your story is too boring to tell, and because of one or many of these things, you feel too broken and messed up to tell your story. Or perhaps we still aren't making the right choices. Perhaps we don't feel close to God, and we haven't felt God at all in years. Perhaps we don't know the right way to pray. We can forget reading our Bible every day. Perhaps we haven't read it in months, and you know what? We don't really want to. Perhaps we come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time the doors open, but my God, this is the last place we want to be. Perhaps we're depressed lonely, angry, addicted, 
suicidal, scared, broken. For any number of these reasons, we might feel like our story doesn't matter. I picked up a book yesterday entitled Blessed Are the Misfits by Brant Hansen. In this book, Hansen highlights that our culture is obsessed with stories that have clear endings. We hate cliffhangers and unfinished conclusions and that desire for a neat, concrete ending to a story has affected the way that we tell our stories and live our lives. We tell half stories and we live hidden, invulnerable lives. Hansen uses this example in his book. Many of us probably know, and it's perfectly okay if you don't, that's not the point, but many of us would probably know the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Elijah had this great contest to see which God would reign supreme, and Elijah was victorious. God is glorified, Elijah is a great man, and that's the end of Elijah's story, right? While many of us might know of that triumphant story in 1 Kings chapter 18, are we as familiar with 1 Kings 19 when Elijah prays that his life would come to an end? You see, our stories don't have an ending. None of us can make the claim in our stories that we were once bad and now we are good just because we know Jesus. Our stories don't stop there. Our stories are messy and we can't be afraid of that. When we only tell half the story, we fail to tell how truly powerful and loving God is amidst life's messiest parts. If you're here today or hearing this message on recording somewhere else later, I challenge each of us to enter the narrative. Your story is a part of God's great narrative of the world. Today, you might feel unworthy, like Moses. You might feel completely broken inside. But listen, you are not alone. Your story matters. You matter. Today we have one more awesome opportunity to hear from one of our own church family members. Jamie Nolan has expressed interest in coming this morning and sharing his story with the congregation. Jamie, we are extremely grateful for your willingness to come and to share your story, and we are excited to hear how God is at work in your life. And so I invite you to come now and to share with us this morning. Good morning. Well, I don't think they saved the best for last because that's not true, okay? Let me start off by saying um, the, the movie, what's the name of it? Uh, Ricky Bobby movie, 
Talladega Nights or whatever, can you remember his first race that he won? And the interview there, he's standing there with his hands and he's starting to whisper and he's like, what do I do with my hands? Well, I wonder that sometimes about myself. What do I do with my hands? Well, I'm a hand talker. You can tell I'm already moving my hands. So I'm going to try to put my hands here and, and, and not move them. But if I build up too much here, I might start doing the hand jive or something, if y'all remember that. Okay. So just bear with me here. Um, got a phone call Tuesday of this week. And uh, Alan asked me to give him a testimony. And pretty much was was fairly instant that I said, yes, I, I give my testimony. And let me explain why. Back several years ago, uh, you know, most of you know I'm a, a, a part of, I call it my men's group, but it's everybody's men's group, the eight o'clock early morning men's group. Uh, Wesley Smith was here then. And we had a lesson on um, testimony. And I don't remember everything else about it, but I remember the, the most part, the, the most important part to me was, he said, know your testimony. Know your testimony. Perfect your testimony. And be willing to give your testimony. Amen? All right. Well, that has stuck with me. And that's why I'm here this morning, uh, willing to give my testimony. Well, if you think back to 19, I believe 69, uh, most of you remember, uh, I was five years old then, I was born in 64, and uh, I don't remember the walk over to this facility here, to this church, but uh, I remember very little about the old church. Um, but the members that are still here, I still recognize a lot of you, a lot of you. If you took the role from 1969 of our church, I can, I can tell you there's not many folks on that list that did not have an influence on me one way or another. It's a long list. It's a long list. And I'm thankful for that. Thankful for that. Very thankful. And I'm still thankful. There's a... Uh, uh, members here now, new members and stuff that still have a great influence on me. Now I want to mention a few. I'll mention a few. Because um, like I say, I could mention every one of them. Um, some of the names that I can recall, uh, Linda Bryson, Teresa Huggins, Sonny Huggins, uh, a, um, let's see, Albert Glenn, my dad, Tony Eastman played a big role in my life in my early years. Now, back that age, uh, going to church and everything, I think some of you youth need to appreciate this part of it, is when I came to church, and I'm thankful for my mom and dad for bringing me to church. I'm thankful for them to have a church family and friends that are Christians. But when I came to church, I don't know, some of you kids may not even know what this is. Three-piece suit, do you know what it is? <laughs> I mean, we had, I had the whole attire on, okay? Uh, I can remember going to A.V. Ray's and picking out a suit. Well, I didn't pick out a suit. My mom picked out the suit. You know that. 
So, but um, I, I'm thankful that I've uh, I hopefully moved in the right direction, and because uh, I'm not comfortable in a suit anymore, as y'all all y'all know. But you know, growing up in this church and and the influences that were on me, um, Boy Scouts was was next uh, in my life. I got to I didn't really join the Boy Scouts. Uh, in the beginning, because I've got an older brother, most of you know, got an older brother, and I kind of followed behind him. And I was fortunate enough to where, when my brother was joining Boy Scouts, Tommy Green, I believe, was a scoutmaster then, so it allowed me to go, allowed me to go to the camping trip, stuff like that. And Tommy was a big influence on me in Boy Scouts. Today, he's still a big influence on me. All the men in my men's group are a big influence on me. Um, and also, I remember uh, Bruce Bridges, we called him Hoon. He was uh, uh, another scoutmaster at the time, too. Um, that was a big influence on me. And I won't go into some of the details. My mom would probably be embarrassed because uh, Hoon gave him my nickname and uh, like I say, I won't go into that right there, but uh, uh, you can ask Daryl or if Rusty Washburn's here somewhere, y'all could ask him too, you know, so um, I won't embarrass her about that. But after, after that, um, I'm thinking age 11 or 12 or so, I felt the calling along with my brother. Uh, we kind of did a lot of things together. I felt a calling to... Uh, Accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I can remember, I remember, I don't remember much about the service, but I can remember walking down those steps. I can remember being dunked. I can remember T. Max Lennon's talking. I don't remember the words, but I can remember him talking. I can remember sitting here on this side of the church receiving my certificate and had a towel wrapped around me. And I, I remember that day very well. But now, this was not a Damascus Road experience for me. That was only a beginning for me. And I think that's a beginning for all of us. Um, you know, after that, I was heavily involved in the youth here. And Keith... Uh, Dixon. Of course, you can't say Keith without Mary Ruth. They were kind of combination. It's kind of like uh, Alan. Alan who? Alan and Mary. Oh, I know Alan. You know, it's, it's, it's a combination. You know, and it's a good combination. So we went on a lot of mission trips as, as normal and uh, had a great time. But one particular mission trip, when I went on to New York City, this time the youth, we sang, we sang. Of course, I was too cool to sing. I didn't want to do that. You know, uh, I, I passed out the bulletins and helped with the sound. I think uh, Paul Huggins and uh, Scott Eastman or something did the sound. I just kind of helped them. But, yeah, I was too cool for that. But, anyway, we sang. Um, we stayed on, I believe it was Long Island. And we sang in the park, sang in churches. And it was a really neat experience. But on that trip, I'm going to tell you how God works how God has worked in my life. On that particular trip, got a phone call. And Keith Dixon came to me and says, uh, your grandfather passed away. And it was Jim Beeson. 
called him Pap Pap. Well, they needed me home. Well, I didn't know how I was going to get home. My Uncle Talmadge Turner had made arrangements for me to fly back. And I was nervous. I, w I wasn't really scared to fly, but, you know, I was more, I was going to be by myself, by myself. Well, the next, it was either the next morning or the next, we, uh, uh, one of the members of the church there drove me to the airport. Now, we were running late. And uh, when we got to the airport, this is when we could still go back behind security. You know, anybody could go back there. Well, if you remember uh, the commercials, O.J. Simpson running through the airport, let me tell you, we was running through the airport. We were late. As soon as we got... Uh, I don't even remember telling the guy bye or anything. As soon as we got on the plane, the stewardess shut the door, and I was standing there, didn't know what to do. She shut the door and locked the door, and then she grabbed me by the arm, and she took me to my seat and sat me down. And I can remember very distinctly, it was the first two seats over here to the left. There's only two seats on this side. And I had the aisle seat. And lo and behold, sitting beside me was my comfort. It was a nun. She had her Bible in her lap. And from that point on, that was my comfort and my peace. I was no longer alone. But during that, as, as I sat down, the stewardess buckled me up. We uh, started taxiing. I mean, just as soon as they buckled me up, plane started leaving. I can remember as we started taking off, the nun, she had put her arm right up under mine and on, on this arm here. And it stayed that way the whole trip. The only problem I saw, I couldn't eat my peanuts or drink my drink too well, you know. So, but anyway, I made it home. And then after that, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, my life experience, my testimony is, is, is all about you folks. It's all about this church. It's all about growing up here and, and thankful for my parents for bringing me here. Um, after um, graduated high school, graduated college, you know, life doesn't end, life continues. Um, after I graduated college or, or high school and stuff, I, I, I sort of went away from church, got out of church. I thought more of myself than I did anything else. Um, went to college, graduated college. But a number of years later, uh, I met my beautiful wife, Pam. And then a year later, we had our first daughter, Malia. And of course, five years later, we had my son, Gibson. But in between that time, I knew something was missing. God was tugging at me. Something was missing. But what was missing was my church family. And me and my wife decided we even visited other churches, but Bowling Springs Baptist was calling me. Was calling me. And I thank God for my wife. She's a, she was a Methodist. And I know she struggled with it. That's part of her story, but she, maybe she can give that someday. But uh, 
I'm thankful for her. She became a member of Bowling Springs Baptist Church along with me. And years later, become a member of, of, of um, my men's group again. It's just so dear to my heart. And I've heard Tommy Green and several others say there's something more for our group. Something more for our group. Well, that kept playing on me. Well, I was years ago. I was a Baptist men's director here, and uh, I had uh, stepped down. But you know how that is. If a position is not filled, you've not really stepped down. They still kind of go to person. So I still kind of go to person. And me and Wesley, and I'm thankful for that though, because Wesley had talked to me several times, and we had discussed about, you know, where are the gaps here in the church? Who do we need to reach out to? And we discussed it for a little over a year. Who do we reach out to? We identified some folks and, you know, and who's going to teach? Or where are we going to do a Bible study at? Is it going to be at somebody's house? Or, you know, where's it going to be? We don't know. Well, it came down to two and a half years ago, maybe a little longer than that. Anyway, it was on uh, the 1st January in the year, two and a half years ago. Um, I decided, and I couldn't believe it because Jamie Nolan teaching a Bible study class, where does that come from? You know, well, it comes from God. And I accepted that. And I'm still doing it. And it's out there in the picnic shelter at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. That's what you see on the back of the bulletin, the 9.30 men's class. That's my Sunday school class. And I tell you, if it hadn't, if it's not for God, I just could not do it. And I want to leave you with this, this scripture that helps me. It helps me. And before I, before I read the scripture, I just want to tell you the type of person I am as far as being able to, to teach. I think they're teaching me, not me teaching them. Because I'm one that I, I really... For those of you who know me, I don't like to read. I just, I just can't stand to read. You know, it's kind of like you get a gas grill or something and you get the instructions. I don't want the instructions. I, now, a picture of the parts, that's good. If it's got pictures in it, I'm good to go. You know, I'll put it together. Now, I may have to take, may have, to take something apart because I put it together too soon, but I, I'll put it together. But I just don't like to read. But being in my early morning men's Sunday school class has taught me especially if thankful for Joe Webb has taught me to read. And it's not just because of Joe. I have that desire to read, read the Bible. Don't read other stuff, just read the Bible. And it's been very good to me. But I want to read to you, and this, this helps me too. It's Romans 8, verse 26. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Thank you. Jamie, thank you. Your words are powerful and meaningful, and we appreciate you telling your story this morning. You have heard yet another meaningful and heartfelt testimony.
testimony and story and the challenge that is given to you this morning is what is your story? Jamie shared that he was challenged to know his testimony and that's the challenge for each of us as well that we would enter the narrative to know our story and how it fits into God's greater narrative. If you're searching this morning to find your story, to find your meaning, to find your place, we hope that our church family can be that for you. If you desire to be a member of this church, or if you have anything that you would like to come to the altar and pray, or to pray where you are, or to come talk to me, I'll be standing down front. I invite you to respond this morning. I invite you to respond to the voice and the presence of God that is here in this church. I want to invite you to stand and sing hymn number 590, The Solid Rock. glad that you are here today. Uh, if you would like to speak to any staff members who are around, we would love to have conversations with you. Guests, we are glad that you are here today. I would invite all of you to join me as we close in benediction this morning. God, you are at work, and we are grateful for that. 
despite that at times we may not feel it. We know that you are present, that you are working, and that you love us. Lord, we pray that each of us would seek to know our story and to enter the narrative that you have made for the world. As we leave this place today, God, may each of us seek to be the people that you have called us to be, that we may love you and love others above ourselves. As we go today, may we depart to serve in your name. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.